truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. If you would like to join us, it is a Monday. So we will have our Monday town hall phone lines ready to go next hour at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. The question we're going to ask you today is uh, I'm seeing this posited on by people who whose opinions I respect on the right and the left. Although I, I've got to tell you, about a year ago, I gave you a list of people that don't necessarily fit our political persuasion. I think I wrote a column about this. Maybe it was a moment, two years ago now. You know, people on the other side that I think are critical thinkers and worthy of following. Right now, I'm kind of just down to Ricky Gervais. And I'm not sure who's after that. <laughs> All right. Um, but this is one of the things that's that's being thrown out there. Be careful about rooting for Bernie Sanders to be the Democratic nominee. Because the left did the same thing with Donald Trump in 2016, and look how that turned out. Is there merit to that argument? In your opinion, we will open up the phones next hour at 888-900-3393. Find out what uh, what you guys think. We'll get Todd and Aaron's take on that. I, I posted that question on our Facebook page last night. We've got well over... Uh, well over 100 responses to that. We'll get to some of those as well. But that's the town hall question to ask you a little bit later on. You can email uh, in your answer to that. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the uh, the program at D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, if you're looking for free clips to share, youtube.com slash Steve Dace as well. youtube.com slash Steve Dace. But before we get to next hour's town hall, we've got some business to do here in hour number one. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Do we still not know who won Iowa and does it matter with New Hampshire tomorrow and more? And then before we get to that, though, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Bernie Sanders seems to have a clear lead going into tomorrow's New Hampshire primaries. He leads the real clear politics polling average of the state, 26.7% to Pete Buttigieg's 20.9%. Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden lag behind in the low teens with Amy Klobuchar in fifth place at 9.4%. However, it seems Mayor Pete got a boost after his win-not-win in Iowa. On February 3rd, Buttigieg was in fourth place in the RCP average of the state with 13.7%. Just a few days later, on February 7th, he was in second place with 21.8%. The Democrats had a debate on Friday night, and Pete Buttigieg was challenged on his record as mayor of South Bend, Indiana. How do you explain the increase in black arrests in South Bend under your leadership for marijuana possession? And again... The overall rate was lower. No, there was the an increase. Rate. The year before you were in office, it was lower. Outside the debate, Buttigieg says he decriminalized all drug possession, including heroin and methamphetamine. Possession should right. not be dealt with through incarceration. And, and but you're, you would say that possession of heroin is not illegal is not going to be dealt with through incarceration. Late last week, he also refused to condemn infanticide. And I don't know what to tell them 
morally about what they should do. I just know that I trust her and her decision medically or morally isn't going to be any better because the government is commanding her to do it in a certain way. Bernie Sanders says pro-lifers have no place in the Democratic Party. Is there such a thing as a pro-life Democrat in your vision of the party? I think being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat. And Elizabeth Warren basically said the same. Women are losing their basic right to care for their own health. And it is because it is an extremist position. And extremists are controlling our court system, or at least pushing it. Sanders also doubled down on his defense of South American dictator Evo Morales. I stood with Evo Morales in condemning a coup. I do not like military coups. He tried to read, he tried to violate his his country's constitution. Amy Klobuchar said this of Trump supporters. I think this election isn't just an economic check, which is what most of our debates are. It's also a decency check on this president. It's a patriotism check. Tom Sire says the U.S. is evil for killing Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. Being all by ourselves, being the empire in the Star Wars movie, does not put us in a position to get done what we need to get done as the leader of the free world. After a disastrous Iowa caucus showing, Joe Biden seems to be aware he's on thin ice. How do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, Iowa's a Democratic caucus. There have been no caucus. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. And Biden cozied up to socialism. Look, if I don't get the nomination and Bernie gets it, I'm going to work like hell for him. But I tell you what, it's a bigger uphill climb running as a senator or a congressperson or as a governor on a ticket that calls itself a democratic socialist ticket. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is everything is fine. Todo está bien. Back in Iowa, the Iowa Democratic Party announced over the weekend it's reviewing reports of 95 precincts, or about 5% of the total number of precincts which caucused last week. Meanwhile, in Hollywood, the Communist Manifesto was invoked during an acceptance speech at last night's Academy Awards. Working people have it harder and harder these days. And we believe that things will get better when workers of the world unite. Headline from the publication Dazed, the film industry will stay racist and sexist until we drop period dramas. The Duval County, Florida Sheriff's Office arrested a 27-year-old man after he rammed a van into a crowd of Trump volunteers who were manning a Republican voter registration tent in Jacksonville. No one was injured. I thought he was going to slow down. But he didn't. He gunned his engine and headed straight. In Oregon, anti-fog goons assaulted a journalist by the name of Brandon Brown. Good news. New jobs numbers released on Friday show the economy added 225,000 jobs for the month of January. That's way ahead of Wall Street's estimates for a 158,000 job gain. And finally, we end this montage the same way we started it with Joaquin Phoenix playing the role of a deranged sociopath on stage for our amusement. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. And that's what happened while we were away.
That happened. I saw it live. And then I tweeted, abortion's still cool though, right? Because I don't, I don't, I don't follow like any of this. I, I don't, I don't, I hate award shows, you know, it's, it's just a parade of dumb and narcissism and I, I've been full-time in politics. I, I don't want to do that. And that's my career is to observe that dumb, um, self-righteous narcissism. So I, I try to avoid it as much as I can in my spare time, but that, that, that was a thing last night. Yeah. Kind of puts a different spin on the whole hashtag Joker thing, doesn't it? Wow. Um, we will discuss, though, the show that I didn't know much about and didn't watch uh, in the overtime today. Uh, that's coming up uh, with uh, our good friend John Miller, who uh, said something that made him about it, that made him the number one trending hashtag on Twitter in the world when I woke up this morning. Uh, so John Miller will be joining us later today from our White House briefing on the overtime. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash Dace is uh, where you can go to watch it when that gets posted later today. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that's also where you can go to become one and get a discounted subscription to every show we do exclusively here at Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Dace. Aaron's montage is brought to you by our good friends over at Books. Don't blow it, guys. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And I know she's telling you she doesn't she doesn't want anything. That's a lie. You're being tested, I promise. It's a test. Everything, everything is a test. All right? And you never pass the test. You just move on to the next question. Okay? So, uh, don't blow it. All right? Because even if she says she doesn't want anything, certainly she deserves something. And Books has you covered right now, as in bouquet of flowers. B-O-U-Q-S. Go to books.com slash Steve, books.com slash Steve and get 25% off your order right now. Farm It includes farm fresh, sustainably sourced flowers that even Joaquin Phoenix can endorse that, right? Yeah, okay. not sure anymore. Uh, uh, either, neither is Joaquin. And that's, that's maybe why he's such a good actor. You're not really sure when he's acting, when he's being, when he's being Joaquin. All right, so fellas, if you think it's cold outside now, Try blowing it on Valentine's Day, okay? Books.com is here to make your life easier, and they offer more than just roses, all kinds of other arrangements, uh, plants, gifts, sweet treats. You'll find it all at books.com slash Steve. And you have to use the offer code Steve to get that discount, right? When you go to check out, use the offer code Steve to get that 25% off. B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Steve, promo code Steve. So let's get to the uh, let's let's get to the montage, and I think the reason why you're seeing such a fluctuation in what's going on in the Democratic presidential primary is something we talked about that we saw in Iowa last week that that eighty percent of those who voted in the Iowa caucuses, and it was just the Democratic side, really. 80% of those who voted in the, in the Iowa caucuses don't get their political news from Twitter. And yet, if, if, yeah, and we're not, and, and we're sensitive on this show to creating straw men and constructs. But Aaron is showing you the clips of what the candidates themselves are saying these things. And they're saying these things on a national stage. That 
killing killing Iran's chief terrorist makes us the uh, the empire from Star Wars. That you you can't be patriotic and have voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And keep in mind, the woman who said that, she's being billed right now as the moderate in this race. And that, that brings me to one important point I want to make sure that I stress here today. Moderate in the Republican and Democratic parties mean totally different things. In the Republican Party, when that term is used, it is, it is being asserted as a, as a term of ideology. There are no real ideological moderates in the Democratic Party. Tulsi Gabbard is trying to fashion herself as one, and I believe she has 2%. There, there are no ideological moderates. There's Joe Manchin, who represents a state that the last two Republican presidential nominees won every county and every precinct. And so when there's some big vote, he will pretend to be really, really flummoxed about what to do. And then he will vote like every other leftist, like he represented Californication. He'll just vote like them. But he is considered a moderate, though, and here's why. Here's what moderate means in the Democratic Party. It, it is no ideological distinction whatsoever. It is, it is designated based on your temperament. There's, there's, there is virtually no difference between the policies Amy Klobuchar w- will pursue as a president and Elizabeth Warren. Virtually none. There's just a fastly more friendlier temperament. Amy Klobuchar understands representing a state like Minnesota, where there's about three cities that are progressive urban-y college towns. And then the rest of the state is Alabama. And she under- so she understands, I just can't go in Khrushchev style shaking my fist at you. So she's a, she's a moderate by temperament, not by ideology. Name me one issue she's offered you anything, any level, any level of ideological relief upon. Name one. Thank you. There isn't one. Now, Elizabeth Warren is a senator from Massachusetts, where Republicans are an endangered species, and Mitt Romney is considered John Birch. So she can shake her fist at you. She's the home team in every game. So she can just openly say, I would like to end you. And I'm here to do so. Thank you. Amy Klobuchar cannot get elected in Minnesota doing that. So she's the moderate because of her temperament. I don't know really. Andrew Yang, some of his positions on several issues really haven't really been spelled out. You know, he, he other than climate change, he doesn't really get all lefty on a lot of things. He tends to talk more about his form of public virtuous human first capitalism that made him, you know, a figure in the Obama administration, but we don't really see him go off on long tangents on a cultural level. So I don't really know that we know what his full ideological portfolio is, but it's irrelevant because his candidacy is. 
one candidate is openly trying to run ideologically as a moderate. Give some ground on an issue like abortion. Give some ground on an issue like religious freedom. Congratulate Rush Limbaugh on his Medal of Freedom Award. She has 2%. Uh, she's, she's, she's got essentially the milk Joaquin Phoenix is lying to you that he doesn't drink. 2%. That's what she has. Okay? That's, what, that, that's her support level. And I think the reason they're struggling is because Democratic, a, a large number of Democratic voters, and this is why Bernie is surging, because everybody else's base is in, is in, is in some form of evolution. It's amorphous. We, we see this pattern with Pete Buttigieg over and over and over again. When you think, when you don't know he's gay, or you're voting for him because he's gay, he surges. The minute he has to begin to, 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 to diagram a sentence, and, it, and, and it, there's, ha- there's at least a comma in there, the pushback is heavy. We saw this at the debate Friday. You saw it on the Sunday shows. You've even seen it at some of his events in New Hampshire. We've, we've seen this a couple of times now with him. When he has to go beyond platitudes and don't you think it's time that you showed you virtue signaled once again to vote for the gay guy. When he has to move beyond that at all, it's problematic for him. However, because none of the other candidates even have that going for that going for them, he has a lower floor than the rest of them do. Meanwhile, there's one guy's base who's not moving no matter what he says or what he does. And he has every incentive just to lay it out there for you. Because there's no competition coming up the middle flank to say, Bernie, just be reasonable. I mean, on Friday, Joe Biden was pounding the lectern. We cannot nominate this guy. It's too, hill, top, it's too tough of a hill to climb to carry the burden of socialism. We were just sitting here talking about it on Friday, right? By the time we get to the Sunday shows, hey, I'll work like hell for him if he's the nominee. There, there's, there's no threat to Bernie. Credit Chris Matthews isn't a th- credible threat. I know he went viral in conservative media this week for telling the truth about socialism, but the truth of the matter is Chris has spent a good deal of time over the last 20 years on national television playing footsie with the ideology that Bernie Sanders represents and has really no credibility whatsoever to suddenly step in and say, this won't work. At least to nobody thinking of voting for Bernie Sanders. And right now, Bernie's got the biggest base. He doesn't have to change. Everybody else is trying to build a base to catch up with him. So I think the disconnect here, and I don't know which it is. I don't know if it's because a large base of Democratic voters believe this, but just know saying it out loud likely severely diminishes their ability to win or don't believe this. I, I don't know. I'm not a Democrat. I, I you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've got several members of my family that are Democrats. And, and you know, I, I think they're just all going to probably vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is because it's, it's an identity to them. They, they, they belong to a Democratic Party constituency group and haven't really thought a lot of this through ideologically um, and just won't vote for a Republican. So 
I, but, and, and that's why I think if you get to a general election, the question we're going to ask next hour is different from this debate. But it does feed into this debate because they're all putting things on tape right now that outside of the I just can't vote for a Republican vote will diminish their ability to grow beyond that base. I mean, they're, they're all just saying absolutely ridiculous things. Now, this is where some of you are going to come over the top and say, dude, if, if saying ridiculous things stops you from getting president, Donald Trump much. It's different, though, because he's president now. And so he has a resume to run on, not just a persona. This is why it's difficult to beat a sitting president. All time in American history, sitting presidents have won re-election about 70% of the time. The odds are not good that you can take out a sitting president. They're just not. Rarely happens. And you think of the last couple of times it happened, you had some extraordinary circumstances. In 1992, uh, you, you had uh, Ross Perot splitting. I don't think his entire base was from the GOP. But I do think the majority of it was. Um, and so you had an extraordinary circumstance there. 1980, we were at the worst, ec- the, the lowest economic point we had been since the Great Depression as a people. We had to create the misery index as a statistic to measure the combination of consumer confidence, inflation, and unemployment under Jimmy Carter. Those are extraordinary circumstances. 1976. Gerald Ford was never elected president and we're post Watergate. And in in the, in the 1974 midterms, the Republican party had suffered one of, if not the, at the historically worst um, mid midterm election since reconstruction. Before that, when did a sitting president last lose LBJ in 64? Nope. Route. Dwight Eisenhower in 1956? Nope. Harry Truman was supposed to lose to Thomas Dewey in 1948. He won. We don't vote incumbent presidents out of office. Go back to, what was it, the election, I think, of 1912? Taft? Another extraordinary circumstance where Teddy Roosevelt comes out of retirement to challenge, because to, to, he hated, thought Taft was too right-wing. So he forms the Bull Moose Party, comes out of retirement, basically to elect Woodrow Wilson president. Because they were both progressives, although Teddy Roosevelt, a different kind of progressive than Woodrow Wilson was. And so he, he did it just strictly to blow Taft out of the White House. And it worked. We don't vote incumbent presidents out very often as a people. And the reason is they have records now. And human beings are resistant to change. Naturally, we're creatures of habit. And so I, you need to show me that you can't do the job. And then even if I don't like you, if you can, I'll put up with you. So Donald Trump is, the, the crazy stuff Donald Trump says is not nearly as relevant as it was when he was just a candidate. Now that he's president, it's really not that relevant at all, frankly. Because if things are going well, he's going to get reelected. And then if they're not going well, then people will be bothered by the crazy things that he says. These people, though, have to sell themselves to the American people in a way an incumbent does not. And putting this kind of stuff on the table absolutely can hurt you. And I I just have to believe 
we've seen a lot of dumb, but I have to believe that the people running for president in the Democratic Party know more about who shows up and votes in these caucuses and primaries than I do. I have to believe that. Heaven forbid, if that's not true, then come quickly, Lord Jesus. I have to believe they know more about who votes in their primaries than I do. I have to believe this. And since not a one of them with any real support, Tulsi Gabbard has 2% and and 98% of her 2% are conservative media, okay? She has no support in the Democratic Party, which is why she's probably going to be a Republican here in the not-too-distant future would be my guess. Um, I have to believe they know more about their base than we do. And none of them are attempting any form of ideological normalcy. None of them are. None of them with any substantive support are even trying it. So then I, I have to believe they know who votes in these things more than, more than we do, guys. But yet, we've also seen this pattern of Cory Booker trying, tried going stupid left before he was out of the race. Eric Swellwell tried it before anybody else, laughed off the stage. Kamala Harris tried to go stupid left, gone. We're watching Elizabeth Warren now. We all think that she's dead man walking, right? So it's this weird dynamic where going stupid left doesn't seem to help any of these people, yet they keep doing it. So maybe they, maybe they really believe Twitter is America and that's their base. Maybe their base even agrees with a lot of this stuff, but knows it can't win, so you can't tell the truth. I don't know, but everything outside of Bernie Sanders right now is very, very fluid. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Well, I think uh, Joe uh, is trying to the extent that he said in that clip that I'll fight for Bernie, but you know how hard this is going to be if we put socialist on that. Other than that, though, then he just goes off and says crazy things. Pete is saying crazy things, but he's also triangulating. He's doing a lot of this, and it's it's making people on the left. He irritates a lot of people on the left, too. He's he's saying things about uh, uh, growing the tent, trying to bring people in, respect for rural uh, identities. So he, Pete is very much trying to have it uh, both ways. He feels after Iowa that that's worked. Uh, polling is uh, clearly after the debate. Uh, that that did hurt him a bit. So uh, I I don't know what the next three or four days are going to hold in that regard. Um, uh, all of the fluidity in this thing depends on Mayor Pete because Elizabeth Warren is absolutely done. I believe Klobuchar, just like I said before the debate, Klobuchar is going to leapfrog her uh, and be and finish third in this coming um, uh, primary. Yeah, I I think at this point I would pretty much agree with Todd's analysis. And if you're in if you're in Mayor Pete's camp, why in the world would you ever try to answer any question from here on in with a straight answer? Pivot to pivot to uh, deep thoughts, deep thoughts with Mayor Pete. Pivot to uh, the shape of our democracy is the issue that uh, shapes every other issue. Uh, it, stuff like that, which is an actual I paraphrase, uh, loosely <laughs> loosely quoted uh, from from last week. If you're in his camp. Just platitudes uh, today, tomorrow, forever, and you're probably going to have a very good chance. Uh, 
you know, what that chance is, it's it's better than if you're trying to defend your record on race issues, which he tried to do unsuccessfully at the, the debate the other night. So if you're in Mayor Pete's camp, just tell him to hit the platitudes all the time. But I really think at this point, I mean, Joe Biden is done, 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 done. And he really hit. He was trying so hard and he still is trying to hit Bernie Sanders with the with the socialist label label and warn people, you know, we're not we're all going to get tagged with that. Unfortunately, you're out here also at the same time calling a young woman a dog faced or a, yeah, dog faced pony soldier or something, pony, pony, whatever it was. It was some sort of gobbledygook from the 1920s. It, it, this party right now, as far as their aspirations in the presidential election, I'm not making any breaking news analysis here by saying it's in complete disarray as long as the economy stays where it is. And we're going to see. So the, the question I think it is from, from here on out is if this is a disarray that ends to a uh, defunct nature of this party or if it's just disarray that they're going to get creamed later this year. That's the question that needs to be answered. And we won't know that, obviously, for quite some time. We'll come back. We'll talk about this uh, with our good friend Bob Vanderplatz as well. Um, as uh, we continue looking at what happened in Iowa, what may happen in New Hampshire, and what it means for the general election here, live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Big media, big tech companies, much of social media, you know, a a lot of these are um, leftists that are in bed together. So when you have an opportunity to do business with a company that fights for the same values that you do, take advantage of it, especially when they're not offering you a substandard product. And let's face it, we don't get a lot of chances to do that today. But when the opportunity is there, take advantage of it with Patriot Mobile. Uh, It's the only mobile phone service that donates a portion of your monthly bill to the organizations that are fighting in the causes that are fighting for the values that you believe in, like uh, the right to life, the right to keep and bear arms, et cetera. And they've got plans starting as low as $25 a month. And Patriot Mobile has plans that come with unlimited texting, talk, and the same reliable nationwide service that you get with no hidden fees, however, that you get the same nationwide reliable service from everybody else. So it, it may be scary to switch Uh, mobile phone services and carriers. Patriot Mobile wants to make it easy for you. You can keep your number, bring your own phone or buy a new one, get the same, again, reliable nationwide service, but this time for the values that you believe in. Want to take advantage of a new offer? Go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, patriotmobile.com slash Steve and get free activation. Free activation when you go there and use the offer code Steve plus. Use the offer code Steve Plus, and you'll get a free activation and a free gift when you open a new line at patreonmobile.com slash Steve. Offer code Steve plus a free gift. Offer code Steve plus a free gift at patreonmobile.com slash Steve, or give them a call right now. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Let's welcome in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, post-Iowa. Bob, we we still don't know who won here. Uh, You've got 
the chairman of the Democratic Party calling for a full re-canvassing. Bernie Sanders this morning calling for a partial one. The Associated Press refuses to declare a winner. Now the Iowa Democratic Party is admitting that maybe up to 5% of their precincts are completely and, uh, and, and, and totally screwed. And in a race that was decided by um, less than one-tenth of one percent of their precincts, that, that can be a big, uh, a big deal. We've seen uh, county officials in the Democratic Party come out in the last week and point out major counties like Black Hawk County, which probably has the highest black population in the state of Iowa, coming out and saying, no, Bernie Sanders won our county comfortably. I have no idea what you guys are doing there. This whole entire thing is a mess. And, and now we've moved on to New Hampshire, who votes tomorrow. So what, in the end, did Iowa mean, do you think, Bob? Well, Iowa exposed a lot of problems in the Democrat Party, especially in the Democrat Party of Iowa. Uh, I've said it plenty of times, Steve. I think they're so focused on Russia, Ukraine, the Mueller report, impeaching Trump, whatever it might be, that they forgot to pay attention in their own election right there in their own backyard. We always say don't get caught on the front porch while your house, while your house burns down. And the fact is the Democrat Party got caught, caught on the front porch attacking Trump. At the end of the day, though, I think the Iowa caucuses, even with all of its failures and all the messes and poor leadership and all that, I still think it did what it was supposed to do. It vetted and it narrowed the field. Regardless if Sanders won or Buttigieg won, it vetted and narrowed the field. You got Buttigieg, you got Sanders, you got Warren, you got Biden, and you have uh, Amy Klobuchar, who did much better than anticipated. That now goes into New Hampshire, and you know that Biden is taking it personally. I just watched a minute and a half ad of his attacking Pete Buttigieg for being the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. So when you look and you move forward to New Hampshire, they're clearly the two guys that one in one a tied, uh, who knows in Iowa got a boost from that. We, we saw that in all of the immediate polling in New Hampshire prior to Friday night's debate. And now what we've seen in the polling since Friday night's debate is, is that, Buttigieg is still in very strong position, but his surge seemingly has tapered off. We're seeing Amy Klobuchar now uh, above Elizabeth Warren, and we're seeing Pete Buttigieg, I'm sorry, we're seeing Bernie Sanders either maintain or even expand his lead heading into tomorrow's vote. So what do you think that means? Well, there's no doubt. I think uh, Sanders got a huge bump out of Iowa, and I think it goes right, it plays right into a strong spot, which is in New Hampshire. Uh, Buttigieg, I think, got a bump out of Iowa, but I think the debate uh, the other night, the ABC News debate, Klobuchar did basically what Chris Christie did to Marco Rubio four years ago. Mm-hmm. Klobuchar did to Buttigieg. Uh, she took him out and she tore him down. Warren went after him. Sanders went after him. Biden went after him. So they definitely see him as a threat. So it'll be interesting to me to see where does Buttigieg place tomorrow night. I think Sanders will win it, but where does Buttigieg place and where does Biden and Klobuchar fall into that mix? want to get your take on something we were discussing before you came on. That I am, I am, I have to assume, brother, I got to assume the people running for president in the Democratic Party know more about who shows up and votes in their primaries than I do. I have to assume this, right? I, I have to. Sure. And, and so... On, we, we get this result in the exit polling here in Iowa last week that 80% of the people who voted don't consider Twitter the source of their political news. But if, if you watch that debate on Friday night, it, it certainly seems like they gave the opposite answer to these candidates. Like, yes, that, that's, that's what we want is 
more and more woke. And the, and you know, Amy Klobuchar saying you can't, you you're not patriotic if you voted for Trump in 2016. Tom Steyer saying, uh, you know, killing Iran's terrorist in chief makes us look like the evil empire. Um, you, you know, uh, Pete Buttigieg now on Sunday yesterday saying, um, you know, uh, let's make heroin uh, legal. I, I mean, just so what what I find fascinating is we've also seen this pattern. Eric Swellwell tried to be crazy left from the beginning. He was laughed off the stage. Cory Booker tried to be crazy left to reinvigorate his campaign. That was his last gasp. Kamala Harris tried to be crazy left to, re- to resurrect her campaign. Last gasp. Elizabeth Warren went crazy left Panderthon in Iowa. Last gasp. Uh, Joe Biden two weeks ago was tweeting trans rights is the civil rights battle of the day. Laughed off the stage. Done. And so I'm, I am fascinated that no one, there's no one with any substantive following is attempting any ideological moderation. So, so Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar are called the moderates based on their temperament, right? They don't, they don't shake the Khrushchev fist in your face the way, you know, the way that Sanders and, and Warren do, but they're offering you nothing ideologically moderate. So is it, and yet we're also seeing no one in the, no one other than Bernie Sanders has built any form of support beyond just people who want to vote for a gay guy. No one else has any consistent support other than Bernie Sanders. So is, is it that the Democratic base, they're all misreading their own base, that they all want this crazy crap? Or does their base like, well, we actually believe this stuff, but we don't believe we can win just selling this up front. And we, we're looking for a more nuanced candidate. Because I think that could be the ultimate answer in terms of what happens starting on Wednesday as we move into South Carolina and the rest of the and, and the rest of the country with I think we both believe Bernie Sanders will be clearly the will wake up on Wednesday he's clearly the front runner and as they try to decide whether they want to get on board with that as a party right now or what kind of candidate they think the rest of the way can take him down so which is it that their base really wants this but doesn't think it will sell or their base thinks that this stuff is crazy too well, I don't think it's a base question. I think it's a party establishment versus a base question. Because I think the party establishment is scared to death of a Bernie Sanders being their nominee and being their uh, their standard bearer for their party. As you notice in that debate the other night, when they asked, uh, does anybody have a problem with a Democrat socialist uh, leading your party? It went deadly silent until Bernie Sanders broke his said, I, you know, I'm very excited about that. And then Amy Klobuchar ended up raising her hand. So I think the base and what you're seeing with Bernie Sanders support and Bernie Sanders believes what he's, what he's selling. And that's why Bernie Sanders thing has got all the momentum right now. That's where the base wants to go. That's what the, uh, the millennials are saying. We want socialism. This capitalism has been a, a, a bad run. You know, it's, it's, it's created have and have nots what the colleges are teaching. So I think the base actually wants to, I think the party establishment is saying, how do we get Bloomberg in? How do we get Klobuchar uh, up and ahead? We see Biden's not going to sell either. So I think it's a base versus the party leadership establishment. Let me push back on that for a second, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. We didn't see, we, we didn't see Bernie Sanders expand his base from 2016 in Iowa last week at all. We didn't, we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't see him expand his base at all. Um, but he didn't need to to win. I, I, agreed. But- I, I I don't I don't think the Democratic base is as mono I don't think it's that monolithic. I, I think there's about three or four Democratic bases right now. And 
the other three or two or three can't get their act together or settle on a candidate. And that is why the guy who represents where I agree with you, it will go in the future. I agree with mm-hmm. you. Okay. But as I've been saying from the very beginning, this isn't the 2028 election. It's not the 2032 election. It's the 2020 election. Now, by the time we get to those years, uh, unless the Lord returns, I agree with you that he represents, he's the, he's the herald. He's the sentinel. That, that he, he is the lone voice crying out in the wilderness. This is where they're going. I agree. But those other couple of Democratic bases, I, I think that, that, that he has not really made any inroads into those other factions at all yet on his own. Now, that may change if he wins comfortably tomorrow. You may see some people begin to make their peace with it because they want a seat at the table, right? That happens in both political parties. But at least what we saw in Iowa, he didn't do anything to expand his base into the suburban areas whatsoever, the rural areas whatsoever, that you know, a lot of the same people that were already on board with him ideologically are who voted for him this time. He did not grow his base. You know, Steve, I agree with that, that he did not grow his base, but he fermented his base. His base would crawl over broken glass to go vote for him. Mm-hmm. And it's been the failure of the other side. Everybody thought Biden was going to be the champion on the other side and that he would run away. Also, we'd have common sense Joe to take on uh, President Trump. Oftentimes we say, you know, that the Republicans don't have their act here, that they're divided all over the place. I think right now with the Democrat Party, you've got two, uh, heck no, I won't go scenarios. Uh, one is that Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee, and there's plenty of the Democrats that are going, you know, uh, we're not going there. But I also believe that if, say, Joe Biden or Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg or Mayor Bloomberg get the nomination, there's some Sanders people going, they stole it from us again. Heck no, I won't go. So they've got a real issue in their base, in their establishment, in their party when they're trying to take on uh, a president who's got some serious flaws of his own but running on a great record in the economy and ISIS and a lot of other things as well. What do you think, it'll be a couple of weeks before we talk to you again. And when, when we talk to you again in a couple of weeks, where do you think this race is going to be? That, you know, that's a great question. Because we're going to be uh, on the doorstep of Super Tuesday. And I, I wonder, are we in a scenario where, where Bernie Sanders could effectively lose Every state, because a lot of them are Texas, Tennessee, mm-hmm. those kinds of states. Could he lose every state on Super Tuesday except for California, which is the number one state um, for the American left? Wouldn't that be fascinating in terms of what the next three <laughs> to four months of the Democratic Party looks like? But what's your intuition instincts? To, what do they tell you we're going to be here when we, we talk to you again in a couple of weeks? Well, I think what you just said, you're still going to have a party in chaos because I, I do think you're going to see Sanders winning New Hampshire. Then we're going to see what South Carolina looks like. You're going to get into Super Tuesday. I think your intuition and what you just forecasted there is what Bloomberg is actually playing for. Again, you know, I'm in Florida right now, and I see a lot of commercials in Florida for Michael Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. He is playing for a brokered convention. He's hoping this thing gets brokered all the way through going, you're not going to go with the socialists. America's not ready for a gay president. Biden's days, his best days are past, they're not ahead. And Klobuchar's got a place in somebody's administration, uh, but she's just not ready to be the president yet. So I think that's what Bloomberg is hoping for. But I think what you're setting up for, Steve, two weeks from now, is we're going to see a party more in chaos versus more coalesced. I, I think Michael Bloomberg has no idea what Bernie's minions will do 
to the likes oh, of him totally. at a brokered convention. But I agree I with you totally that that agree. is his game plan. I, I, that's kind of what was my analysis with him from the beginning is just to uh, try to be the 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 settle on candidate coming out of Milwaukee if this thing ends up becoming helter skelter. Good to see you, Bob. We'll talk to you again in a Good couple to of see weeks. You, guys. you bet. All right, God bless. Same to you. Any thoughts when we just heard from Bob Vanderplatz? I love that question about Super Tuesday. I, here, with Mayor Pete, and I'm surprised because I know how much this interests you that that didn't come up. If he does really well again, finishes a strong second, again, I think he's the only other, just like last time, I think he's the only other one that can possibly win other than uh, Sanders. He He's in John Kasich territory. He, like, no matter what happens in the southern states, he's just going to be there forever. He's not going to go away because he, he, he's, he's, his relevance will uh, be lasting until the end then mm-hmm. to be some kind of player and whatever that uh, future is. And what that does to the conversations in South Carolina going forward in terms of, and I, like I told you, he bugs people on the left the conversation in the black community, what that does to the entire race, we can't begin to know yet. I, I agree with that. Let, let's Can we play a game? Sure. So Super Tuesday is March 3rd. All right, we're, gonna, we're off next Monday. And so the next time we have Bob on, it's going to be February 24th, all right, which is eight days, right? Because February is a short month. Mm-hmm. So eight days until Super Tuesday, all right? Here, here are the states up for grabs in the Democratic uh, primary on Super Tuesday. All right? Just based off of demographics, let's play a game. Who wins these states right now? Assuming, and we got to start with the assumption that Bernie and Buttigieg are, that Bernie wins tomorrow and Buttigieg is second. All right? So those, are we, can we stipulate to that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Alabama. Is Joe Biden even in the race? Do we know? I mean, I don't know. Who wins Alabama? I'm choosing right now between Klobuchar and Sanders. Yeah, because no way, no way, Pete Buttigieg is winning the no. Alabama no. primary. Okay, Arkansas is he winning that? I'm. I have the same choice. Yeah, yeah. California, Bernie's going to win that. Yeah. Bernie's going to win that. Colorado, Bernie's going to win that. Okay, legalized marijuana uh, state, hard left, hard left. Maybe I, I, could I could see, see Buttigieg, Buttigieg being competitive that. there. I yeah. agree with you yeah. on that. I would still pick Bernie, but I would not be shocked if Buttigieg. You know what? Just to be the, the most fair we can bid, we'll, we can be. We'll give it to Pete. All right. So Colorado, he wins. Maine, Bernie. Yes. Massachusetts, Bernie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, the state of Paul Wellstone. But Bernie. that's Amy Klobuchar's got to win her home state, don't you think? Nah. I, I think Klobuchar. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give Klobuchar her own state. Sure. Okay. North Carolina. Buttigieg is not winning North Carolina. Oh, all those, all those, all those black voters who visit the Billy Graham Museum every year. If there's no way, no, no if there's a way, no way. No, I no. think you're right. No way. I think you're right. Oklahoma. I'll give that one to Klobuchar. Okay. Uh, no, I. That's North Carolina. I was still uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm back with Bernie and Klobuchar. Great. Again. The problem. I just yeah. don't know who is. Like I can't, or maybe Bloomberg Oklahoma buys some Bernie. of these states with ads. We yeah, don't know. I just don't. I it's okay. really hard. Yeah, it's just. Difficult. But I'm, notice the trend line here: Tennessee. Um. Yes, no. Sanders or Klobuchar, or who who knows where Michael Bloomberg is? Right, Utah or Texas? Texas, same thing, right? Yeah, Sanders or Klobuchar, and then it depends on where Michael Bloomberg is, right? Utah. Now I could see Utah because of the, the uh, it's the it's the only state left in the country where a majority of the general population goes to church. 
every Sunday or regularly. And Missouri is the next closest. But in a state like that, I could almost see if you're a Democrat in that state, I can almost see like you're just nuts. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're if you're a moderate or anything at all, you, you would be you, in, in a state like that. You might be more Republican anyway. So I could I could see Buttigieg winning that state. Like if because you're probably rebelling against the LDS church there, the party structure. What would be the ultimate okay. middle finger? Would be a guy like a Pete Buttigieg. Like I could see him strangely being strong in a state because I'm guessing if you're a Democrat in Utah, you're nuts. Because if you're if you're anything remotely sane, you're probably where the majority of the people are. Think that's a fair analysis? Yeah, I lived there for three years, so there's there's not a strong nuts population that's visible, but. To the extent okay. that it exists, I think you're on target. Vermont, no, Bernie, no. yeah, Bernie, Virginia. I could see him being a Buttigieg being strong in, in Virginia. I could say yes. All right, so we we just went through twelve states. We thought he could maybe win three, being the friendliest. Oh yeah, we could possibly give but, his assessment. Agreed. Three out of twelve. But the conversations that are happening while that's happening. Oh, wow. Yep. Hour two is next. And the phone lines are open around here. 888 900 is the number. It is time for the Monday Town Hall. 888 3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are listening today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review, those definitely help us to get the word out. They impress the powers that be here at the blaze and they just, they make us feel good and better about ourselves. Thank you to all of you that have left us a five-star review already. We could always though use more, as you know, the three of us to varying degrees struggle with self-esteem around here. So please keep those five-star reviews coming and thank you. Monday Town Hall brought to you by Riduzone who wants to give you a bit of a reality check. How many of you have stuck to that New Year's resolution to lose weight and eat right? How's it going so far? Well, chances are. You're having a lot of trouble fighting those cravings and those portion sizes, but there could be a solution right around the corner developed by doctors and backed by two U.S. patents. It's called Riduzone. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake. Riduzone makes it even easier to control those cravings and your portion sizes because that's what does you in. It's not usually what you're eating, but how much of it. And dieting alone can also be too hard. So let Riduzone have your back and get your cravings under control. If you use the promo code Steve right now at Riduzone.com, that's the only place you can get Riduzone is on their website, Riduzone.com. If you go there at R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, and you use the promo code Steve, you're going to save up to 65% off with free shipping as well. Can't beat that deal. Up to 65% off with free shipping as well when you use promo code Steve at R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, Riduzone.com, promo code Steve. The question on the table here today for the Monday Town Hall at 888 900 
I'm, I'm seeing this now picking up steam. Ben Shapiro was the first person I saw posit this, but now I've, I've, I've seen other people pick up from what uh, he's been throwing out there for the last couple of weeks. Warning people on the right, be very careful about wish casting and being giddy that Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee. Remember, the conventional wisdom four years ago was, hey, the media, let's go all in for Trump in the primary, and they did. Media Research Center did a study and found that Trump got something like 65 times more coverage than any other Republican presidential candidate did in the media. And so, hey, they went all in to promote Donald Trump, thinking he's a clown show. That's Hillary's best chance to win um, because maybe that's the only person that makes her look remotely likable. And lo and behold, the joke was on them on election night, and and they've taken it very well the last few years. I think we can all agree that they've handled it uh, with a lot of calm, restraint, and maturity. Correct? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They've been they've been stealing uh, uh, some of uh, the milk that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is currently obsessed with. Yes. So the warning shot is, hey, be very careful. The left was giddy when they saw Trump rising the power, thinking no one's voting for this carnival barker. And we just had a jobs report on Friday. That was like one of the greatest Januaries of all time. (laughs) All right. And he's president now. Um, running for reelect. And so, hey, don't do the same thing with Bernie Sanders. Be very careful. Do not underestimate him. Don't be giddy about him being the nominee. Do you think there's validity to this concern? 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. You can also email us your take, steve at stevedace.com. I posted this on our Facebook page last night. We've gotten a ton of responses to this. I'm going to share some of those as well. Um, but I want to begin with getting you guys' take, Todd and Aaron. Aaron, let me start with you, okay? Well, I will say overall, for the right reasons, absolutely, absolutely don't be giddy about this. Only for this reason, the crazy voices inside your head. All right, so we've seen Jer- Jeremy Corbyn just completely trounced in the UK election not that long ago. And so you would think, again, the Bernie Sanders would be uh, Jeremy Corbyn of, of the United States. And so you would think we might be heading for the same thing again. And it's been well established on this show and, and others as well that as, as long as the economy is good, it's going to be really, really difficult. I mean, you were just talking about that in the first segment of the show. It's going to be really difficult to defeat Donald Trump in November. But as far as the crazy voices go, you know what? Nada es impossible, which I still have yet to get tattooed on the tramp stamp region of my lower back, but I'm going to do that someday. That's neither here nor there. But nada es impossible. Listen to the crazy voices inside your head and, and you know, just accept that any, you know, Murphy's Law, as my dad used to say all the time, Murphy's Law, if it can't happen, it will happen. Now, as far as the actual uh, allusion back to 2016 and, you know, Donald Trump seemed to be the most beatable candidate and not wanting to make the same mistake here in what's left of America as the left did back in 2016, you're looking at two candidates back then. Hey, this guy's from outside Washington. Yes, he gave he, he gave us scrap and by the hoo-ha, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton gave us Benghazi and uh, 
the list goes on, email, what what have you. She gave us Hillary she Clinton. She gave us Hillary Clinton, basically. Yes. Hillary Clinton is Hillary Clinton. Now, when you're going to be looking at Donald Trump against Bernie Sanders, uh, what have you given us, independent senator from, from Vermont, self-described socialist? You gave us knowledge that you honeymooned in Moscow. Um, you, uh, you look at Trump and uh, I, I, my wages grow, grew. You cut my taxes. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I don't think it's completely fair to compare the two candidates between Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump and Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. I think they're apples and oranges at this, uh, you know, at this point. But overall, just for crazy voices alone, I still think that the argument that you know don't be too careful what you wish for has at least a little bit of merit. Todd, what do you think? It's funny because you know how big I am on the crazy voices, but I, I, I. I I don't think you should be rooting for Sanders as the easiest to beat. I, I think that's silly, but I, I I also don't think he has any shot in a sound economy. There's the, the crossover appeal that we saw uh, in Iowa. We know exists on some level for a guy like Buttigieg, would also exist for somebody like Klobuchar, people who just, we know who they are, they just can't say. I mean, honestly, that whole move from National Review to create the dispatch— those are guys. I, yeah, I that's, think, what, that's what Denise Bacalister said yeah. a couple times on the Dace Group recently. Those are the kinds of Republicans she, and I agree with her, yeah. that would crawl over broken glass to vote for Pete Buttigieg for president. Uh, yeah. And other, some other imaginary, yeah. they're not going to But Buttigieg vote. in particular, because they really, yes. really detest the Christian base of the Republican but, Party. But they're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Agreed. Bernie Sanders, because they know he's not just a construct. He means this. He yep. is going to make this the socialist paradise that he honeymooned in. Okay, so that I, if the economy gets bad, then yeah, weird things can happen. But I don't. I'm not. I I don't know the specifics. It, it, did he go? Did uh, Ben Shapiro go into specifics no. just to say? Because I like the slow your roll. Don't. Yeah. Don't get crazy about wishing for Bernie Sanders uh, because this we can't rely on all the same things we used to rely upon in terms of the solid nature of certain variables. Absolutely. But then there's other things. He, he is a real socialist. He cannot draw people from the center. Oh, if, if, and if the people on the right do anything close to their job of then reminding Bernie Sanders, if he's the guy, mm -hmm. you, you, you run the clips of him. In the Soviet Union, I mean, there's it, it's, we saw it's in so Iowa. easy. We, we we saw in Iowa, and listen, I'm I'm the guy that predicted he was going to be the nominee back on the first day we came back on the air, okay? And and in many respects, this is this is uh, the idea of a brokered convention. A lot of the stuff we talked about our first day back, we're we're kind of seeing how that trail that we discussed on January sixth could could culminate in what we're talking about here, okay? Um. On a personal level, I would I'll confess this too. I would like him to be the nominee on a personal level, but it has nothing to do with so much, um, you know, being easy to vote as much as uh, this is. I'm a worldview guy. I, I'm into this for worldview. It's the it's the driving force of our show. Um, it's the prime directive in, in in this era of our program. And I have I ha I mean I so I'm looking for. Um, I'm, I'm looking for clean cuts. I'm looking for them. Uh, Corky, he gave me the Corky look from, uh, waiting for, looking for a clean cut. Gotta get a clean cut. I mean, I'm, but I'm, I'm looking for cut and dried. That's what I want. 
Everybody put your cards on the table and know when to hold them and know when to fold them. All right, and fire up the Kenny Rogers. Let's do this, all right? And let's flip them over. Let's see what the dealer what the dealer come up, comes up with, and let's let's have a real winner, a clean win. And, and he's going to give it to you. you. You want a real worldview debate. All right, you don't want to have this based out of, you know, I, 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 did, sound, I did see over the weekend, I mentioned this on Friday, I've, I've seen him communicate with more nuance than I'm accustomed to, but the core of his message, he will not deviate from that. I agree. He'll, he'll try to nuance it a little bit, but the core of his message is going to be well-defined and established. And I would like the country to have that debate. And, and, and so that's, so on a personal level, I'm rooting for him for that reason. But here's what I do agree with. He can't win if people believe that the system is working. But what history has shown is when they no longer believe that, he is the exact kind of figure and voice that they turn to. Right? So um, I don't think he gives Donald Trump like more margin for error. I don't agree with that. Because I think the key to Trump's reelect is the economy maintaining the position of strength that it's in. And if it doesn't, what history shows, what are the kinds of voices people turn to when, when the system is failing them? Mm -hmm. The voices saying the things Bernie Sanders is saying. So I don't think he, he, he expands Trump's margin for error. Like, like, like I don't think people are like, I think that guy's a nutty socialist and you know, we ha we're in a recession on Halloween and people are going to No, that's exactly why I believe they would vote for him in that circumstance. Okay. What, what I, what I do believe he does though, for us, people that are conservative, that are trying to conserve the things that have been shown in history and revealed by our creator to be what's best, true and beautiful for humanity. He gives us an opportunity to have a real open conversation with this culture that we have largely been denied because of the Overton window. He's going, he is going to shove it open. All right. I mean, he is, he's not good. He's, he's going, he is a crowbar. Might I say a hammer and a sickle to the Overton window. And, and we're going we're gonna to get to have the kinds of things that a lot of our elected Republicans over the years have not wanted to talk about because, quote, that won't play on Fox tonight. Ev all of Hollywood will be an indie movie now. It's all Sundance now. There will be no popcorny event films that we all just, nope, nope. Everything's going to have an edge to it. And I, 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 would, I think that would be good for the culture to have that kind of a conversation. Yeah, and one one more thing because it reminded me of something you said earlier in the show about Trump now being uh, an incumbent. The things he says don't necessarily bother as much anymore. So if all those people that did not vote for Donald Trump, they just sat out. Mm -hmm. So now there there there's some of them are who are going to be more used to it, and they're like, "This the economy is good." Yep. And then 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 they're further pushed by it being just opposed against an actual socialist. Agree with that. See, and, and that goes to the other side of the equation. I don't think Bernie Sanders gives Trump, if, if he's the nominee, gives Trump covering if the economy tanks. Because that fits actually right into the, the, to his worldview. That, that's Bernie Sanders' oh, yeah. messaging. But here's what I do think it does. If the economy doesn't tank, then I think it gives Trump the potential of having a historic level of victory. That's my point. Yeah. And, I, and I know that's what you were, yeah, and, yeah. And that I wholeheartedly agree with. So I, I don't think he makes a bad situation for Trump. Good. I don't. Um, because here's the other thing Bernie's going to do. 
is, is he's going to he's going to put Trump on the defensive as a corporatist if the economy is bad. And and Trump is uniquely vulnerable to that because what was he before he became president of the United States? A Democrat? A, a corporatist. <laughs> That's what he was. So he's he's uniquely vulnerable. Nice. Uh, he was he's uniquely vulnerable to that. So I don't think I don't think you should be like, yeah, it's in the bag if they nominate Bernie. You can't we can't lose. I don't agree with that at all. I don't. But assuming things stay as reasonably good as they are right now, the the pronouncement of the victory, I think, can be far more defined because of what you just articulated. The amount of people who either would stay home, who would be who would love to vote against Trump, but either would stay home or come out and say, yeah. oh, hell no. That's now where you start flipping states like Amy Klobuchar's Minnesota, yeah. New, you know, Chris Christie's New Jersey. You start flipping some of those states to say, we're not doing that. And you get a you get a historic level of of a it of a just, mandate at that point. It just all all depends on the environment, uh, obviously, in, in November, which is what we're saying. And I, I tend to remember uh, about uh, eight or nine years ago, uh, I was living in Minnesota around the time that they had the uh, the, the marriage amendment vote. And I remember there was a theory and criticism going around that the powers that be in the Republican Party in Minnesota wanted on purpose to to, um, to to put the marriage amendment vote during the general election on purpose, knowing that even in a state like Minnesota, putting it on the ballot on an off-year election, it would, ha- it would have a lot better success, a chance of being successful uh, during an off-year uh, election, even in Minnesota, than it would be during the general election, mm-hmm. because they knew that the environment of the general election, Minnesota is Minnesota, and it's it's basically has, it's dead on arrival, and you know, of course, it didn't help that the uh, nominee for the Republicans ended up being Mitt Romney. All that is to say, though, environment is environment is everything on election yeah, day. Absolutely, so it that's, is. That kind of lends more. Absolutely, food. it is. This is the what what Barack Obama showed and ushered in with the new technology and social media and robocalling. Your ability to frame the environment. And the electorate or to frame an electorate for the environment you're in as a candidate, you largely cannot control your environment as a president. You can. That's why presidents, as I pointed out last hour, are historically difficult to defeat because they 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 don't have total control over the environment, but they can do things like, hey, if this tariff war goes on longer than thought, I can I can cut a 50 billion dollar check to Midwestern farmers. Candidate Trump can't do stuff like that. President Trump can, right? Okay. Right. So you can somewhat shape your environment as an incumbent. But but organically though, environments can overcome you at the exact same time. But what uh, what 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 you can do more than ever before in American politics is frame the electorate to fit your environment. So if the economy is doing well and the, and they nominate a candidate like Sanders, people are going to be a lot of people are going to be very sober-minded and clear-thinking and say, "Why the hell would we give up what we have now for what he's pushing?" But if things are going bad, the, 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 I think the worm turns completely the other way. And a whole bunch of people that you don't think right now would even consider this are going to be thinking, yeah, stick it to those corporatists, uh, stick it to the man. Yeah, get him. So again, like Aaron just said, environment has a lot to do with this. Let's go to the phones. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's go to one of the ultimate swing states. To lead this thing off. That's uh, the state of Florida. Dylan is calling us from there here today. Dylan, welcome to the blaze. What do you think? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Better than I deserve, man. What say you? (laughs) Um, I'm doing great. I was just calling in to say that um, I think a lot of people underestimate Bernie Sanders and 
the Bernie Sanders movement. And, you know, Bernie pulls well. Um, he pulls greatly among independents. And I think he'll pick up a lot of independents in this upcoming election. And as, you know, somebody who's in Florida, I notice a lot of um, anti-establishment politics in the area. And I really do think that people are looking to somebody like Bernie Sanders, um, especially when it comes to the economy, because even though the economy is doing great on the stock market and the Dow Jones, a lot of people aren't feeling that effect in um, the working and middle class here in Florida. Okay. All right. Well, that will be something to keep an eye on for sure. Now, um, you have a, a massive retirement community in Florida, obviously, as well. Um, you have a, a pretty culturally conservative governor in Ron DeSantis, who's very popular right now. You have to think he'd put all of his political capital behind uh, President Trump in his reelect because it would also boost his future presidential aspirations. We all know that he has as well. But uh, you bring up some interesting points, Dylan, for sure. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Any thoughts on what Dylan just had to say? Well, I mean, I, Bernie Sanders is not in any way a joke. But I mean, like, can we, can I stop you? Yeah. That's a point. He's good to get. He may be there, Jeremy Corbyn. And I think that he is. I've been making that mm -hmm. analysis for six months. Yeah. All right. But he's good to get 60 million votes. Oh, yeah. A lot. On, on, the, on, on November. That's, he's going to get a minimum of that by just showing up and being the Democratic nominee on the yeah. ballot. That doesn't right? mean that there's 60 well, million socialists necessary, but, but they're necessarily, but it's still just yeah. what the last part you said. Yes. By he, virtue of being the Democratic nominee. A right? guy like DeSantis, who is doing great things down in Florida, and and the people seem to think so, by and large, he, he can get on board the Trump train without really having to get too close to Donald Trump. And that's what a lot of people will think in their heads. It's not about Trump. It'll be about Sanders. They'll just say, we can't do that. And so all that's my point. All kinds of people who held their nose last time and voted for Trump are more happy, won't be holding their nose again. They'll do it a couple times. The people who didn't even think about voting for Donald Trump will start thinking about it. That's why it's he said we don't have to turn him into a joke or a punchline to realize that there are just things about him and the fact that he is a true believer in socialism that in a good economy, it, it's just not going to work. And if it if it would work. I, I we're even further gone than I think we are at times. And that's saying something. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Uh, we want to get your thoughts. Do you think the right is making the mistake of potentially, uh, of how it potentially sees Bernie Sanders as the Democratic nominee that the left made with Donald Trump four years ago? That's becoming a more popular opinion I'm seeing amongst uh, some really smart people. I'm asking you what you think. 888-900-3393. If there's a stock market bubble that pops, like the housing bubble popped, What's that do for, if that thing pops in mid-September like the housing bubble did in 08, what's that do for the candidacy of a, of a Bernie Sanders? I, I'll get, I, 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 think it, I think it improves it a hundredfold is what I think. If it's in mid-September, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that fits right in to his MO because the president has based a lot of his economic messaging on what? See, here's on the stock market. It depends on how real it is. 
we already know that there's people who would do that to who try to manipulate mm -hmm. that reality mm -hmm. for gain. I mean, Bill Maher said as much. It would be worth happening. Mm -hmm. And so then, also, if it let's say it does happen, we've had pops of some kind, but they've been short lived. Then it's uh, are you, if if you start rooting for it too hard on the left, you might gain a temporary bump. But if you don't want to fix, these are people's real lives. Mm -hmm. Re it's real money we're talking about. So I, it's not good, but it's also uh, it, it, it's when bad things happen and you start looking because it's a political campaign. You look like you're start. This is what you wanted all along. Mm, that's not a good look either. I wonder though if the, if Bernie being the nominee de decreases the odds of a stark stock market bubble, because there's a lot of most of these CEOs are progressives. Okay. But they also like their paychecks. Yeah. And, um, yeah. they get, they get the best of both worlds That's of a Trump presidency. They get to virtue signal off of him and, and, and make even more money at the exact same time. All right. So they get both, they get both sides of the issue. They, they get Trump helping them, uh, make an increase in an insane amount of money while virtue signaling about how terrible he is and mm -hmm. sponsoring a bunch of leftist cultural causes that, that, you know, uh, that, that rip him at the exact and his base at the same Maybe. time where Bernie Sanders threatens their bottom line. It and I, I could see them inflating their 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 portfolios and prices it, all the more to keep that gravy train going through November. It just depends on how much they truly see him as a threat and whether or not he's even willing at all to talk. Um, for instance, uh, you know, we, we, t we talked about this a lot with the uh, with the health insurance companies, how they are basically guaranteed their business now. Um, it, it depends on whether or not. He's going to allow big companies to get in bed with government mm -hmm. to basically guarantee that the, the gravy train continues somehow or whether or not he truly is a threat to big business. And it just depends on what those CEOs hear and think about that. And I know earlier this year, earlier last year, there was some talk surrounding Elizabeth Warren when she was catching steam from CEOs. Yep, same who conversation. Who knows? Yep. Who knows whether the validity of those, uh, but they were pretty worried about her as well if you re if you believe the reports let's go to rhode island really quick and susan before we get to this break i mean we've made her hold too long and, and you're in bernie's neck of the woods there susan so quickly give us your thoughts on this what do you think um hello gentlemen how are you and yes this we're is good the people's this is the people's republic of rhode island as i have said before uh quickly i agree with all of your points and ben's as well uh, all valid points but I'm going to take it one step further, quickly, nuanced. If the economy tanks, yeah, I think we've got a problem. But I'm looking ahead to the future and what this does to 2024. Bernie seems to be growing that base all the time. And once they're there, they're not coming back. I agree they're not we, coming back. I agree. We yep. have to start now articulating exactly what socialism is. Thanks, guys, for mm -hmm. all you do. I'm going to let you take it over now. God bless you all. Appreciate that, uh, Susan. And Todd, I think she's cash money, homie, right there. That, that I think just as um, I, I, I don't, this is not a George McGovern, and then they reassess things, and they come after getting their clocks clean in the 80s, and we need to be more moderate. Bill Clinton, I, I think this is, this is ultimately where they want to go. He's, 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 
he's out in front of the timing they would like to use to go to go there but he is ultimately where they want to go and it'll be in different packaging i think moving forward if he's not successful this year Right, and there's enough people who know that. That's why I said uh, I I pulled up a little bit when you said what happens if there's a bubble. It, it it's going to have to be a pretty big bubble because people, there's enough people who know that they see where it's going. They are uncomfortable with it, even though that they're not comfortable with Trump either. Um, so it, it, it and Sanders isn't there because of Donald Trump. That, that he, Sanders was a reality, and the left moving in that direction right. was a reality well before uh, Donald Trump. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I, I think Susan's exactly right, though. Yeah, I general generally uh, g- generally agree with that. I mean, that's that's basically a restatement of of what we've what we've seen, and with the way, and this is more of a macro a macro uh, observation or sentiment, what have you, that with the way the Republicans uh, govern, which is basically the slouch towards Gamora or slouch or the. The, the, the driving the speed limit towards the ash heap of history, as, as, you, as you've stated it sometimes, will we'll be where Bernie Sanders is, barring revival mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. The question is whether it's in, uh, you know, uh, 11 months or 11 years, essentially. And that's, that's kind of what we're, what we're discussing. If the environment is right, it could be as soon as 11 months. If things keep improving, we might be able to stave that off for a little bit longer. I got a note from our good buddy, Constantinus Roditis. So didn't he get more votes statewide than any Republican did in California last election? I think so, yeah. Okay. Here's what he says. Um, he says he thinks Bernie Sanders is the only candidate that can beat Donald Trump. Democrats are scared of this, though, because they're corporate whores every bit as much as the Republicans are. And they know the money will dry up in congressional races. Billionaires and their corporate money will focus on getting Republicans to take back the House if Bernie is the nominee because they will see this as their safeguard in case Bernie were to win. That's excellent analysis right there, by the way, what he just said, that you could see this be, in a strange way, a boon for Republicans down ticket because of the, even even more than Trump is, because of the fear that he might win. And so let me ingratiate myself to the Republican corporatists right now to hedge my, to, in, in, in sports handicap, we call this a hedge. I'm going to hedge my bet right here, okay? That in case Bernie does win, I want to make sure I'm in good with the the loyal opposition, and I want them in the strongest position absolutely possible. And he says, the problem Democrats have with Bernie is they like basically like to talk the social justice warrior yeah. socialism game, but then you realize the terrorists you create can turn on you. I think that money, that, that analysis is money, I think. What do you yeah. guys think? Totally. Yeah. All right. We'll get some more in and go back to the phones. Let's get some of the answers from our Facebook page as well. Are we underestimating uh, Bernie Sanders the way the left underestimated Donald Trump? What say you? More in a moment. If you're unhappy with your smile and tired of feeling self-conscious in photos, why not make this the year you straighten out your teeth with our friends over at Candid. They deliver clear aligners directly to you 
that straighten your teeth for 65% less than what braces cost. And unlike braces, Candid's clear aligners are comfortable, removable, and totally invisible, so you can transform your smile without anyone ever noticing a thing. Plus, you'll never set foot in a doctor's office or a waiting room. Your treatment is prescribed remotely by a licensed orthodontist, and Candid delivers everything you need right to your door. And unlike other companies that offer a similar service, Candid only works with orthodontists, specialists, never general dentists. That means your tre- your treatment will be designed by an expert in tooth movement, averaging about 20 years of experience in the field as well. So if you're ready to take that first step towards straighter teeth for a limited time, you can get started with $75 off by using Truth Bombs at CandidCo.com slash Truth Bombs. Candid, like Candid Camera, C-A-N-D-I-D. CandidCo, C-O, CandidCo.com slash Truth Bombs. And when you go there, use the offer code Truth Bombs to get 75 bucks off of your order. That's a nice little savings to get you started. CandidCo.com slash Truth Bombs, promo code Truth Bombs to get $75 off. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's go back to the phones here on this week's town hall. Let's go to New York next. And uh, Larry is there. Larry, do you think the right is in danger of underestimating Bernie Sanders the way the left underestimated Donald Trump four years ago? What do you think, Larry? Well, Steve, uh, I tend to agree with that. Uh, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for. That's for sure. Um and as you guys have pointed out, I think that if the economy stays strong, um, then uh, I don't think there's a chance that Sanders would get elected. But then again, you never know what could happen. And the bad thing about that is, you know, that if Sanders were to get elected, even if we took back the House and we kept the Senate, then we're going to wind up with Bernie Sanders and his executive order pen. And as you pointed out, and you use it in your promo for your show, the Republicans have caved on every significant issue, and you know we we got it's a double edged sword that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we uh, you know, yeah, you that's... need to be careful, and and uh, you know I, I think hopefully there's enough level headed people in this country that are voting that would see that uh, that's not the, you know Sanders is not the way to go. All right. Thanks for the call, Larry. Appreciate your thoughts, Todd. It would not only is it not something to root for in some sort of craven political context. It, it would be sad if Bernie Sanders is uh, ultimately uh, the nominee. For, it, that number you threw out—that sixty million—that that many people are willing to entertain it. But you, I, here's the thing: most, a lot of people on both sides are the Joker. I don't believe in anything. The, Trump will actually feel safer right now in this moment. Than Bernie Sanders, who believes in something very, very deeply. And there's got a lot of people who don't believe in anything other than, come on, I just, I, I want, I want my paycheck. I just want to get mm-hmm. out of the way. Stop bothering me. Now, long-term Trumpism, this is, is every big, every bit as big of a threat in, in some respects as Sandersism. It just, it, it just is. We, this is not sustainable. Uh, our utter unbelief in so many things other than our selfishness that's trump that's not a road to anywhere pleasant either but it's just about here in this moment at this time in a good economy i i view it as a near impossibility that bernie sanders 
can win. And I don't I, I'm not I don't plan right now, like I've said, of voting for Donald Trump either. I just don't think it can happen. I, I, I think if the economy is doing reasonably well, we're going to find out truly which states are no longer winnable for people like us. OK, if the economy is not doing well, I think that plays right into his hands. That, that that's yeah that's a different answer. Yeah, i yeah. agreed let's go next uh let's go to terry down in georgia terry what say you welcome to the blaze hey good afternoon um i hey, do terry. not think that the right is underestimating bernie sanders or over because i think that trump and bernie sanders are two separate animals trump is a creature of mass media he was basically elected because he had name recognition and boomers liked him because they saw him on The Apprentice and knew him from way back in the 80s when he was... He was I remember when I was a little kid, I saw him on Entertainment Tonight all the time. He was kind of like a, mm-hmm. a pop culture phenomenon. Lifestyles of, the rich and, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach, and he doesn't know why. Yes, I remember all that stuff, sure. Exactly, exactly. And so boomers appreciated him, so he had name recognition. That's most of the reason why he won. But Bernie Sanders is the complete opposite. He is a he's a Marxist and not only a Marxist, because I believe the entire Democratic Party is a Marxist party. But he is a he's like an old Bolshevik. He's like he has to get elected by hiding who he really is. And yes, he comes out and says, oh, I'm a Democratic Socialist and all that. But he doesn't really tell you what he really is. And if that is revealed, there's no way he would get elected. But the thing about it is, is the reason why there are so many people to vote for him is because we have an education system and, a, and an entertainment system that indoctrinates and brainwashes millions and millions and tens of millions of Americans and young people into voting for him. But I think that even if the economy did tank, which there's a possibility of that, probably a, a t- 15 to 20 percent chance of that happening, I don't think people would vote for him because I think that would, they would, that would scare more people because people hmm. saw what happened under Obama. They saw that when when the economy tanked under at the end of the Bush administration and we voted in Obama, they saw what he did. Most, most people, cognizant people, saw what he did to this country. And they know that it would be ten times worse if we voted a Democrat into this country now. And we, we would not survive if we voted a Democrat, right. any Democrat, not right. just Bernie Sanders. We wouldn't survive. All right. Appreciate it, Terry. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate the passion. Keep in mind, the people voted for Barack Obama, not once, but twice. For president of the United States. Just keep that in mind. And you're not talking about the guy who voted a couple times. No, not counting him. Let's go to Preston out in Utah. Preston, welcome to the blaze. What do you think, Preston? Hey, thanks for taking the call. So I, I'd like to look beyond Bernie Sanders a little bit more because I love that discussion. Um, in the near, you know, to the next five to, to 20 years, we're going to be facing some challenges for our, our economy of life when it comes to AI automation really challenge our our economy in some really powerful Mm -hmm. ways i think you know beyond what we've ever experienced in the history of our country and so my concern is we got to be very careful in our messaging and how blunt we are in identifying exactly what socialism is um because if we don't if we give if, if bernie sanders grows that movement to give them legitimacy and we start facing these chance, these challenges, and there's not enough jobs. Uh, we're we're going to go socialism hardcore because it's going to terrify people. So I, I I'd love to continue that conversation. How can we how can we face that with those challenges on the horizon? I mean, do we let do we give that more legit, legitimacy and have that argument 
um, and mm-hmm. then shut it down, or do we just outright shut down? No, we are not having this argument. This is not a part of what our country stands for. We're not having any of it. I mean, how do how do we how do we face that? That's a great point, Preston. Thank you for the phone call. Let's go to the UK for a second. Um, I think I think I think the presence of Brexit forced Boris Johnson into the winning conversation. Because if you look at what the Tory party is in the UK, I mean, the, the, the Tory party in the UK post Thatcher guys makes the Republican party post Reagan. Uh, look like Sherman's March through Atlanta. Okay. I mean, there is, uh, there, there's, there's no like social conservatism. N- none of that exists in the Tory party in the UK. It is a flat out liberal party. But the presence of, of Brexit forced the Tories strategically in a position to, to, be, to, to recover some of their right-of-center populism from ages past. And without a similar issue, though. So in our country, Trump is the Brexit. He is, amazingly, the guy who drops a deuce on a, you know, gold-plated toilet, but, but he gets people in human nature. And he doesn't hate everyday people or, or act awkwardly around them the way a guy like a Mitt Romney does or a Joe Biden is currently doing. Um, and so he has, he is, he is for, for a lot of people, he is the Brexit in America. He, has, he is the issue that has forced the Republican Party to discover some of its conservative populism roots. If you go back and read the back, read the New York Times um, endorsement uh, or, or review, I should say, because they didn't endorse it. The New York Times review of, of Rush Limbaugh's all-time bestseller, The Way Things Ought to Be. It credits him with reinvigorating right-wing populism. Okay, that these are the values and principles of everyday America, basically. And without Brexit, Jeremy Corbyn is the Prime Minister of England right now. It goes right to what I was just saying a minute ago. That if the economy is good, Trump could have a historic level of win given the polarization of the Electoral College map. But if the economy is bad, Carl Lewis is singing the national anthem. Uh-oh! Okay? Same th- we just saw this in the UK. Where, where Boris Johnson was kind of considered a third-tier politician, frankly. And only toppled Theresa May because she was a colossal failure. Why? Because she's a corporatist open borders Tory. And that was no match for what the left had in store. So the people just took it upon themselves with Brexit. And Boris Johnson had enough of it, enough political instinct to get on board with that. Trump is the Brexit in America. He's the reflourishing of right of center populism. But take him away, and I'm telling you, guys, I promise you this is true. The people running the Republican Party right now, five seconds after Donald Trump leaves the stage, they're planning to go back to what they were before. I promise you. They don't, they don't intend on learning any lessons from this. None. They're going to be convinced this was a tantrum. And... Up against what Bernie Sanders and what what the, those who will come after him and have better packaging and didn't take their 
you know, di- didn't didn't uh, blow kisses at the Politburo and take their honeymoon there, but but went to Harvard and Yale instead and learned this. Okay. Um, up against that, your corporatism has no chance. Huh? In fact, you're the Romanovs to their Lenin and Trotsky. You're going to get steamrolled out there in St. Petersburg Square. Mark my words. You're going to get steamrolled. Your corporatism has no chance up against them. And it, let's, let's play out Constantinus Rhoditis' theory from a minute ago that we see a bunch of the wealthy people the wealthy donors go all in for Republican Congress. If, if Bernie were to win the presidency with the Republican Congress in the next midterm, I believe he would win a historic. Democrats would win historic gains in the next midterm. Because if there's one thing everybody hates, and I mean everybody, absolutely everybody, it's corporatist whores. Everybody hates them. But that's what the Republican Party is. Minus Trump. That's what it is. That's what it's been post Reagan with a couple of limited exceptions. The contract with America was one. Post 9-11, George, George W. Bush. That's it. That's it. You, am I wrong on that? Tell nope. me I'm wrong. No, you're not. Post, uh, so you had the contract with America, so about six months under Newt Gingrich. And post 9-11, the immediate aftermath under George W. Bush. Other than that, this has been a, a corporatist horror party, and people hate it. I mean, they just loathe it, detest it. And you can already see Sanders, the, the line he rolled out on Friday, well, Trump is a corporate socialist. Now, that, that's not going to work on a Donald Trump, because his entire political brand is populist, right? Mm-hmm. Think that works on Mitch McConnell? Think that works on Kevin McCarthy? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So with the point that you're making, Preston, we're going to have this reckoning sooner or later. Even if we don't end up having it this year, we are going to have it sooner or later. Because just as... I've probably said a lot of things that have made me very popular today, which is kind of off-brand for me. So let me say something that, will, that I believe is as true as everything else I've said but it will make me unpopular. Ready? So just as I have no, I said earlier, the Chris Matthews of the world have no credibility to push back on socialism doesn't work when they played footsie with these people for how many years in order to gain political power, right? They have no credibility to, to babysit it now and be the adult in their room now. You know who also has no credibility to oppose what Bernie is preaching? Your Chamber of Commerce Republican Party has no credibility. None. They're going, to get, they're going to get run the bleep over by it. That's what history shows us. They're going to play right into his hands. And if it's not him, it will be somebody with similar talking points in another time and place. And that's, I think, what you're addressing, Preston, is what is, hey, yeah, yeah we're just going to do automation and replace these workers now. Workers of the World Unite doesn't work when we've done... We've cut top marginal tax rates. We've got 5% economic growth and f- less than 3% unemployment, right? Does it work then? No, because I've got a job. You know when it works? When you're doing TARP every day. That's when it works. And you cut my job for automation and you sent my job to Mexico for NAFTA. That's when it works. 
And I and just as the 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 senior statesmen in the Democratic Party, like Chris Matthews, have no credibility to to tamper Bernie Sanders down now. Similarly, as a body, the Republican Party, minus a, a figure See. like a Trump, has no credibility in the next era to come to stand in the arena of ideas and rebuke this. They don't have any. They've they've lined the pockets of too many of their mm-hmm. of their corporatist overlords. They have none. And what you just said is why, and we haven't talked about it in a while, but it's why all along I said whether you forget the economics of it aside, the with uh, uh, Trump and tariffs, that that's it. To, and they just got done interviewing Iowa farmers again pre caucus, and they were still, even though they took various hits, they thought Trump was on their side. It speaks to what you're saying. He did not seem like a corporate raider to him. It seemed uh, Trump fights. That's the vibe that they got from that. And no one else can uh, pull that off. And they wouldn't even use that particular economic tactic. See, that's what everybody got so mad about Terzo. My God, he doesn't understand economics. He was never playing economics. He was playing Trump ball, Mm -hmm. just like he always does with everything. I want to get Greg in New Hampshire quickly, if he's still there, because they're voting tomorrow. Greg, can you make your point in about one minute, sir? Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, love the show you guys do, Steve, Todd, and Aaron. Um, the quick point is that I think the idea that the economy would protect um, a Trump from Bernie Sanders voters is way overstated. I think people that have been in, kind of indoctrinated in the education system, they're going to come out in droves for Bernie Sanders. I agree with that. I I do agree with that, yes. Um but I think the demog- thank you for the call, Greg. I think you're right. But demographically, they're not quite there yet. It, but if again, if this were 2032, 2028, oh yeah. Yeah. That that's why I, I said earlier, this is this this is not this is this is not an outlier. This is gonna be what these are gonna look like for the foreseeable future revival or bust but i'll just tell you what has no chance up against this is cato institute republicanism has no shot no chance none you've got no chance you're gonna get slaughtered you're the romanoffs chamber of commerce k street republicanism no shot you're czar nicholas you're all czar nicholas the second every last one of you without a rasputin behind you you're gonna get ran over out there in the square. Fascinating conversation. We had a ton of Facebook reaction. I'm going to save it for Feedback Friday this week and because and, there's a lot of good thoughts in there on this very same topic. Thanks for tuning in. The overtime coming your way later. Uh, until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. 